Hi, everybody. Good evening. I redid. Look at this. I redid my office. <laughs> it only took months. It's totally fine. Um, so welcome, everybody. I'm just going to go over here. I'm coming in. So welcome. Welcome to all new people. Also, I'm Kelly. Um, I'm one of your coaches in room one. I love coaching. Coaching changed my life. I would say it didn't save my life. I was doing I was doing great, but uh, it certainly changed my life. And I'm so incredibly honored to be coaching with Jess in this amazing group called Room One. So we are on quarter two of the year, and it's body. And I thought I would talk about me being sick this week <laughs> with my body. Um, COVID negative thus far. Tested yesterday. Um, just kind of like sore throat, muscle aches, and this time around, I'm rarely sick. I'm not a sick, sick type of person. And this time around, I really like loved on the body and was like, what do you need? What do you need? You need to hydrate, you need chicken noodle soup, you need to take a bath, and you need to get as much sleep as possible. And I just like listened to my body and like took care of it. And I'm not all the way better, but I'm not worse. And at least I was kind. Like, maybe I'll get worse. Um, I actually reached out to Jess to be like, hey, if I'm not feeling good enough, will you coach tonight? And she said yes. And so, like, cover my bases because I'm like, if I, I'm not going to push through this. Like, I'm at the, I'm at the point where I'm not going to push through anymore. That said, I did seven cases today since I was COVID negative. But certainly a different place. And, like, I'll even catch the negative thoughts sometimes and I'll be like, like today, I'm like, am I sore because I worked out? Am I sore because I just did seven cases? Am I sore because I'm sick? My brain's like trying to figure it out. Like I need to figure this out. I need to figure out the reason why I'm sore. And I caught myself, just the awareness of catching yourself doing that. And you're like, does it really matter? Why? Does it really matter? Is it going to change what I do for the soreness? Right? Does it make the soreness better or worse if it's one or the other? And so I just caught myself having that thought of like trying to figure out why I was sore. And I'm like, it doesn't actually really matter. What do I just need to take care of being sore, right? Do I need more fluids? Do I need to stretch more? Do I need to make sure I'm not being tight? It's just like catching myself in the process of having a sick body and like how I'm trying to be kind to it and how I'm trying to like love through it. Whereas like for most of my adult life, it's like, beating myself up. Why am I sick? What did I do to make myself sick? Like all that useless brain power was really just paying attention of like this time. It was like, sometimes bodies get sick. What does my body need? What can I do to take care of my body best? So lots of sleep and baths, which was awesome. So that was my body story that I wanted to tell you guys about since we're in this body journey. I wonder how many people thought that this body journey was just going to be all about like exercising more. <laughs> I don't think we've really actually even talked about exercising more. Um, really been talking about just like loving, loving on the body, feeling the body, feeling the feelings, understanding we live this life through our body. Right. Whereas medicine really like separates the brain and the body. And I think especially surgeons, we separate this like we just force our body through. Right. It, we just force it through to keep doing everything. And like 
the huge toll that eventually takes on surgeons' bodies. Um, they actually just did, there was actually just this, um, I don't know if you guys followed Dr. Glockenflecken, he's like a funny uh, ophthalmologist who does this like amazing, he just did one about surgeons and anesthesiologists getting in fights, if you know what I'm talking about, he does humor. And they were talking about like the surgeon's unnatural need to push their body so hard that it like gets compromised at an early age. And I'm like, he kind of knows us. So we got to take care of this body. It only gets older. Um, so that's my body spiel. Raise your hand if you want to be the first to come on for coaching. And again, if you're new here and you have questions about the language you use or anything, please type. You can even type in the Q&A um, if you just have questions about things. But raise your hand if you want to come on um, while we're waiting for the first person to raise their hand. Um, I wanted to remind you guys that we have a guest coach coming next week. When is it? Is it Monday? Yeah. So May 23rd at 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, um, Allie Novitsky is going to be our guest coach. She's a kind of an OG in the coaching world. I believe neonatologist, hate to get this wrong, but a uh, neonatologist by training has really gone into fitness, health, um, kind of that whole realm specifically for women physicians. So now I don't think she practices anymore. She's full-time coach, group coaching, fitness stuff. Um, so she's going to come on and guest coach, which is going to be awesome since we're in the body quarter. We'll talk about, oh, I'm hoping incorporating fitness lifestyle and taking care of the body. So that's going to be next Monday, just a reminder. All right, to people who are new here, um, I change your name and I allow you to talk and I don't bring you on for video um, because we kind of try to keep it as anonymous as possible. So the first thing I do is I rename you. I will say, we will be evening brief. And then I will allow Evening Breeze to talk. Hello. Hello. Good evening. Good evening. There you are. So I have, it's, I mean, I can put it in a model, but it's kind of a general question that kind of keeps coming up. Um, and it's about not necessarily changing the emotion, but more like, changing the result or action of the emotion. So I'll give an example. So if like the circumstance, um, this is just like one of a thousand circumstances is they removed block time from our, I'm a breast surgeon and they removed all of our block time. And so then um, we are having to delay cancer care because of it. And the thoughts that come up from that are ultimately that I feel like when they did that, they sabotaged the program <laughs> without realizing what they did. And the emotion that comes up is like all in the anger family. So like it ranges from like angry and frustrated. I actually looked at the emotion wheel <laughs> to like come up with the specific words. That's and I felt like, um, I'm like, yeah, it's like more than angry. I'll get in um, anywhere from like frustrated and betrayed to like infuriated, depending on like where on the spectrum. I'm kind of landing and then it it kind of branches out to two main actions so like if I'm infuriated it's verbal outburst and it's 
And it definitely comes from when I was a child, my dad's a very angry person. And so that's how he handled his anger was in a lot of like very negative talk towards others. Um, And it was either kind of like abusive to self or abusive to others. And then the opposite would be like, if I feel betrayed, then I do like a withdrawal. And so I guess my question is not, I don't want to cut off the whole anger family, right? And just constantly try and exchange it. But how do I like feel those emotions and exchange out the like result or like exchange out the action of it or uncouple that action to put a new action with that feeling? Like, so what you're saying is like, if you had infuriated and normally your default might be verbal outburst. Now you have that awareness, even just the awareness, Eckhart Tolle was literally like just talking about this on his podcast. It's like, even just having the awareness of anger can equal verbal out. You now like own it less, right? Like you even, you become more of a spectator just because you saw that link. Like it puts you, it gives you a little more space. And I think that's one way that you start is because it, it and the, that's what habitual does is like, it's so freaking easy to go into verbal outbursts, right? Cause it was modeled. You might be super good at it. It might have protective for me. Cause like you're speaking my language, same dad, same, same like default training of like, how does that actually protect me? Right. Instead of like hating it, it'd be like, that actually got me somewhere. Help protect me in residency. And kind of just looking at it almost in a different way, instead of it being like always so bad that you just want to always resist it, seeing it as, of course it's easy. It actually benefits me sometimes when I do that. Maybe not in the long run in the global scheme of things, but like in the short term, it tends to like people, you know, they'll leave you alone. You get to say, have the last word, well, however it benefits you. Right. And like, just seeing like those things can benefit me, but I'm at a point now where I'm ready to go to the next step and not just go to that default. Yeah, I definitely, I think that's some of the issue is that not only in my own personal life, but like in the system, there's the benefit of the, like the angry, the angry mob. (laughs) mentality that if I complain if that then I go and say um you know you're stupid or like (laughs) whatever to them that's what makes the reactionary change but I don't feel like it's a sustainable change and so I don't I don't want to show up that way for one and I don't want that to be like the system that everybody has to operate in either. I don't want that to be like the work environment for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. I have this older, wiser partner and he's like, he was talking about that. He's like, basically like the dysfunction rises to the top. Cause like, those are the people that stick around, you know, and then you'll get these entire like organizations where it's like, how did it get so dysfunctional at the top? And you're like, well, they're the people that like, stuck around enough to get up there keep doing this like upward spiral thing but yeah like it's I think a lot in healthcare and a lot in surgery it's like we see that anger nobody likes it but it it, air quote works right even if it doesn't work for some things we've we've seen it work it's modeled for us and I think even understanding that like anger you know and all this is an energy 
right? And like realizing I have this energy and now that you have an awareness of it, of like what's underneath that anger? Underneath that anger, and I'm, I'm just giving examples, but underneath that anger might be like defensiveness or protectiveness for my cancer patient, right? Like you're pissed for good reason, good reason, right? There's energy under there. And then realizing what do I wanna do with this energy I know I have? And a lot of people will talk about like using the anger but as an energy to do an action, whatever it might be, instead of instead of releasing the anger with the verbal outbursts, or I had a surgeon punch his fist through a wall. <laughs> like it's just this energy that needs to be discharged in us because it's built up, and then choosing how to use it. Yeah, I mean, I definitely, I think of it as like highlighting what's important. I'm like, I think that's why it keeps coming back up is because I try to kind of exchange it, you know, for a long time. And then it's like, no, this is trying to highlight that this is really important to me. And I feel like it's not resolved, not resolved. Yeah. And, so. and even channeling it, you know, to the point of what I've very, you know, recently in this, when I share with other people, what my emotion is, but I'm not acting on it, right? Like when you remove block time, I get very angry because I'm so concerned for our cancer patient and I don't wanna be angry, right? And like, when you say that in not an angry way, people like, they almost wanna like solve that for you as a way of like, stay pissed, but like deliver it in a way of like, I just, I need you to know that I'm angry about this because of blah, blah, blah. What can we do? And then people are like, oh, we certainly we wouldn't want her to be angry. But it's almost like we're so afraid to like share our emotions with other people. Or another thing is like, I'm make what I'm making this mean, like the classic Brene Brown thing of like, when you remove block time, I make it mean that we don't care about patients in our community. Is that true? And then the and then you give them an opportunity to be like, oh no, that's not true. Blah, 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 blah. Right. Like, it's almost a way of communicating instead of like, fuck you for blah. You know, it's like, you're almost like, <laughs> here is me being angry, making this mean this. Am I, am I off base? Like, it's, all, it's almost like keep the anger, but channel it in a, in a different way. And it's, it's all experimenting, really. I think that's helpful. I think maybe expressing the words and using the language as opposed to using like the tone of voice. Oh yeah. 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 Totally. I mean, it's amazing how much a difference, like I, I used to get so pissed at my nurses when I was running behind and then they just saw me as like angry. And I started being like, when you don't ruin my patients on time, it makes me feel like you don't care. And I was like, instead of me being angry, I just said that. Like, it makes me feel, I make it mean that you don't care, but I know you do. And they're like, oh yeah, we totally do. And then they like work on getting things roomed on time. And I'm like, well, that works way better than me getting pissed. That took me 40 some years to figure out. But it's like, telling, saying what your emotion is and saying what you make it mean, which again is what the model is, right? You're literally just like right. telling people the model. You're like, this circumstance makes me feel this way and I make it mean this. And then people are like, oh. 
but it's a very like calm way of doing it instead of just being the emotion. Yeah, definitely. That, that was it. That was really kind of the biggest thing was just trying to like process <laughs> process a new way of anger right yeah process yeah. a new way of anger yeah and I, I think where people get into hiccups is they're they try not to be angry right? right they try to resist it of like well I shouldn't be angry or I should feel neutral about this you know and like if you were neutral about it, like take everybody's overtime away just be neutral about it like I think there, there's some things we don't we don't want to be neutral about and that's okay. It's, it's all just about awareness. Like, should I should I be something besides angry? And like, really see what comes up for you. Yeah, thanks. That was super helpful. Awesome. You got, I'm sorry they took your block. They took our block time only too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they, they, did, they did a lot of things. It's, like I said, it gets compounded and then I reach an infuriated level. <laughs> We have, we have one and a half days of OR time in June. We're like, I know the nation is like this, but it's like going to be a painful experiment. Yeah. And they had just put um, all the other surgeons on um, RVU base and then they took everybody's block away. And I was like, great. Now we're all going to be friends. Like, <laughs> yeah like the hunger games out there totally you get paid by rvu and then they took your <laughs> hunger games they, like took your court away yeah no i think i for better or for worse i think it's happening in a lot of places right now yeah i i would be remiss it would be like fake coaching to be like you should really view this as a neutral circumstance it's like I, I, it's gonna affect people it's okay to be angry but it's how we want how we choose to show up is where our growth comes from. It's not it's not not being angry. I think as a as a as a classically angry person. <laughs> I, I think I'm more of a repressed anger person um, because I, I think I have a lot of anger and then I just I tried to avoid it for a really long time and I just ate or drank my emotions for a very long time. Well, totally, I mean, especially in a society that, that says women shouldn't be angry. Like, what the hell are you supposed to do now? But it's like feeling it and validating it and then choosing like, today with my anger, I'm going to go lift weights. Today with my anger, I'm going to create something. Today with my anger. And like, they talk about this. I forget who. They talk about like, because anger is such a high, high energy right? It's like so much energy in a person of like channeling it and like doing something with it. And that's, that's how you can like truly do things with your anger. Otherwise it's just destructive. Any other thoughts on that one? No, no other thoughts on that one. Is there Sorry. anybody else that wants to get coached? <laughs> I'll, bring some, I'll bring the next one on. Thanks so much. Right. Thanks, Kelly. Have a good night. You too. All right.
I'm gonna I'm gonna bring on the other person who had her hand raised. Her name has already changed. Let me see that. Them, is it a good time? Hello. Hey, I know your hand was up and then down and. Yeah, I just. I, okay. Um, I'm not sure if my microphone's working right, but um. I got you. Okay, cool. So here is um something non-surgical, um, but probably I feel like my hard-headedness kind of goes, makes this probably an even bigger deal for me. Um, I have a daughter and uh, she, um, last weekend she went to, she's like preteen, she went to an overnight um, I don't think she meant to stay up all night, but everybody else did. So that kept her up. And the next morning she had a sport practice. So I picked her up in the morning. Everybody looked frazzled, <laughs> like typical at the end of overnight. And then, um, especially the parents. Um, so she went and she took a nap and then we get in the car to go to sports practice and it's about half an hour away. And she, um, I got her to sleep again in the car, but then when we get there, I'm like, okay, you gotta get out of the car. Wake up, wake up, and she didn't. And I'm like, you gotta get out. And then she's like, I don't wanna go to sports practice today. And I'm like, you gotta go. I just drove a long way. And just because you spent the night at somebody's house. So anyway, I yelled at her, it's in front of the place. It really, like, I think other people heard and she started crying and then she realized she didn't have her tennis shoes. Like I went, drove to park the car and she realized she didn't have her tennis shoes. She still had her Crocs on. So she's running through the parking lot with her Crocs on going, I need my tennis shoes. She was just kind of a disaster then. And so the whole situation did not go great. And I did not appear how I wanted to appear. And then I have all these parents that probably saw this whole interaction of me yelling at my kid. So <laughs> that's what I'd like to process. Yeah, absolutely. So, so what are you making the, the event mean? Uh, it happened, um, we can't change it. Yeah, the, I'm making it mean I'm awful parent. Yeah, and how does that make you feel? It makes me feel like crud, like uh, I, I should be better. I um, lost my cool. I should not lose my cool. So, like shame. Yeah, shame, definitely shame. And, and what are you doing when you're in shame? I'm worrying about it. Kind of reliving it. Yes, yes. Like wishing you could change it. Yes. And then what are the what are what are you not doing because you're in shame? Oh well, I'm not having a good relationship with my kid. What else? Sorry, I didn't hear that last one. <laughs> I said, what else are you doing or not? Um, well, I'm worried about what other parents are saying about me. And um, then, like, usually during these sports practices, 
if I don't watch, I usually go and like walk around the parking lot or do something like it's semi-productive work on notes or, you know, work on my calendar. But instead I just sat in the car, which I know a lot of parents do during practices. I usually don't. And I stewed, <laughs> which was not productive and no, no. just made me feel worse. I think that's it's super common, right? Like shame just makes people stuck. Like they're not able to like, you know, have, have energy to do other things, but not productive. So what are the results of the, the worrying, the reliving, the wishing, not doing anything? Um, well, I, I didn't accomplish what I was hoping to accomplish during that time. <clears throat> and then like, I felt worse than it probably, I, I don't know. I just felt really bad the, the whole entire day. Yeah. All right. Have you talked to your daughter about it? Have you resolved anything? Yeah. I mean, we talked about it and, and I mean, I think she, she was upset at me too. <laughs> Yeah, so, so the results are just kind of, you're stuck, right? Just kind of like stuck in, in the awful, awful parent. I'd say like, you know, awful to yourself too, right? Yeah, right. Like sometimes things just do not go according to like parenting best practices because <laughs> like, we're all figuring this thing out. Right. And just, you know, allowing yourself to be the human that you are, like, you know, allowing that so it's like yeah and for your I think especially for surgeons for our children to see us as human instead of like superhuman is like the best gift that we can give them because you know? we're so hard on ourselves and then we're so hard on other people to like really own that part of our personality can be a really humanizing when we share that with other people yeah, that's true. But yeah, I mean, I think so many people like we get stuck, we get, and it, you know, shame is a very stuck emotion, right? Because we like never want to admit it's like the, it's, you know, Brene Brown, like has published massive books just on shame. She's like famous because of shame, <laughs> because like literally nobody talked about it before Brene Brown, but like how stuck we get because it's not only like we want to hide from ourselves but we want to hide from other people and so like there's literally you're literally trapped then with this feeling and the you know her advice on shame is like pouring pouring light on it of like look at it be like this is just an emotion that like is there but it's not really all that truthful that you're a bad i mean because you know, then we pull apart the thought of like you're an awful parent Right. No. What's coming up for you? Like perfection, um. shame. Well, probably 
I guess I would like to not get to the situation where I have Shane come to the front that I am better at just like, just calming down and um, maybe I just sort of pulled over and taken her to the parking space and we could have just sat there and she could have finished sleeping and hopefully in like 20 minutes because I mean, her upsetness, she still missed 20 minutes of practice. So might as well have let her just sleep for 20 more minutes and turn the music on or something so she would eventually wake up. I think there's just other ways I could have handled it. Sure. I mean, there are probably like 98 different ways you could have handled it. <laughs> you could have gotten like ice cream or something. But like, you know, in, in kind of, because what our brain's trying to do is it's trying to solve for feeling shame right now. Right. And so that's why we keep getting stuck on it and keep wanting to relive it. Because we're like, if I can find the right thing I should have done, I won't feel this shame right now. Because we're like, why do I keep going back to it? What's my brain trying to solve? It's like, it's trying to solve for the current shame of it. Right. In most cases. And in, in understanding the brain doing that, you're like, oh, that's why I can't let this go. Because the brain's like, let me just work on this for like a couple more months and I'll find the right answer. Right. <laughs> but you're like, what the whole yeah, it's okay. all made up. You're literally just making stuff up about the past, which isn't real. But that's why the brain does it. Because it's like, I want to get out of shame so badly that I'll try to fix this scenario. Yeah. And one option, there's many options. One option is just be like, Sometimes I just fuck up as a parent. Like, I'm not perfect. And no, there's actually no perfect parent. So why would I even think I would be the perfect parent when there's literally zero of them? Yeah. And, and almost kind of like pulling the, pulling the rug out from like the whole premise that this like perfection house is sitting on of like, Surprise, zero perfect parents. Right. There's no award for it. And in, and in knowing that and be like, okay, uh, no perfect parents. So that must mean I'm not a perfect parent, which means it must be okay for me to fuck up every once in a while. Like to see this, you know how many people would have had that scenario you had and not thought anything was wrong with it? Right? Yeah. And you're like, oh, no, 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 that wasn't how I want to be. I'm learning so much from that so that, like, I can identify the triggers in the future. Mm -hmm. You know, there's parents yelling at their kids who just think that it's Tuesday and they're just yelling because that's all. Right. They, they have zero insight on it. Yeah. So to me, I'm, like, giving you the, like, <laughs> right exactly. you talk to yourself like that's what the award should be for for parenting is like just catching it so it doesn't become a repetitive problem yeah but but trying to solve for the like perfect scenario that doesn't exist because it was in the past like that's just that's just spinning it and to catch yourself in it and be like, oh, that's, I keep reliving it because I feel so much shame over this. That's what brains do, especially when they're feeling shame. 
and then to say what you know the compassion of like drop into the compassion of like I really thought it was really important for her to go to practice but maybe it wasn't maybe it was just really important for her to get rest I know I know that better now yeah Yes, I, I think all that. Well, thank you. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. No, if anybody's a perfect parent, like, let us know. We'll throw rocks. Right. <laughs> 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 we'll come over and feed your kids ice cream for dinner. Exactly. But yeah, no, I mean, the, the fact that you have, again, it's all about insight. And like, we take our perfectionist tendencies and we use them against us, you know. And it's like to to find the compassion for the situation and be like, I thought I knew what was best, but I guess I didn't, but I've learned from that and, you know, and use it going forward. Yeah. Well, thank you. Absolutely. Have a good night. Yes. Thank you. You too. Okay. There are a couple more people on here that I think came on late. Raise your hand if you want to come on for coaching or if you want me to talk about anything or if you have questions about things. I'll just hang out. Thank you. That's what I'll do. I'll say like, and now we meditate <laughs> until somebody raises their hand. I'll show you my new wallpaper. This wallpaper was installed by me and my husband for several months. It sticks to the wall. It's very cool. But now you don't have to look at a blank. A blank thing. So that's my new wallpaper. Um, I think I, I think one topic that I could talk about while people are getting in places to raise hands is the concept of manuals that we talk about with coaching. And what a manual, what a, the concept of a manual is, is like, I have a rule book for me and I have a rule book for everybody else. Now, I, I haven't consciously written down this rule book or given it to anybody, or I haven't even read it about myself, but these are like the, the subconscious like rules that we live by, right? So if only to use Femme's last scenario of like, I have rules for how I should behave as a parent, which is always doing the right thing all the time. I have rules for, and that might be totally subconscious, right? But, and then rules for kids of like, they should be well-rested. They should always want to go to things that I've paid money and driven to. Um, they should work as hard as we work, you know, whatever the rules for our kids are. And there are I mean, rules for everything, rules for your dogs, right? They're, these are all manuals. And what the concept is, is the suffering doesn't, come from somebody doing something. It comes from somebody doing something that doesn't match up with what our manual is. And that includes ourselves, right? Of like, it's never the scenario, it's what we make that mean or how it broke what our manual, our written manual for that was, right? Of like, my husband should X, Y, and Z. Like, I've never even told him that. He just should, because <laughs> that's my manual. Right, and he doesn't, because either you didn't tell him, or he's his own person. He's going to do something else, right? 
and our suffering comes from the, the manual not going how it, how it should be, right? We have manuals, since we're in the body segment, we have manuals for our body, right? Our body should always want to work out. Our body should never get sick. Uh, my body should crave vegetables. That would be lovely. But I have like all these rules for it. And then my suffering comes from like when it doesn't live up to that. Like my thighs shouldn't jiggle because I work out a lot. Why is my ass still jiggling when I'm doing these things, right? <laughs> like the suffering comes from me expecting reality to be different than it actually is. Instead of like reality is not never the problem. It's how we interpret it as as where the suffering comes from. So the concept of the manual, I use the concept of the manual a lot. Like when somebody, like say somebody's doing something that's irritating me. Now I'll be like, well, I think that charge nurses should X, Y, and Z. Clearly that's why they're upsetting me because they're not following my manual. And it almost makes me have like kind of a lightness to it of like, oh, I can see, I can see what my rule book is and how they're not living up to it. And then I can own how I'm feeling about that situation a lot easier. Like I've got, I've got young kids. I've got a four and a six year old. They just like threw a hissy fit because we had bison burgers instead of turkey burgers. And like they lost it at dinner, completely like bawling, melting down because they really wanted turkey burgers. <laughs> so I'm like, they should be grateful they have parents that cook. They should have grateful they have food on the table. They should be, it should be amazing that they're having a bison burger because like that's kind of fancy. I'm like, no, they don't give a shit about that. It's just not a turkey burger, right? Their manual is turkey burger should be what's for dinner. <laughs> so like they're disappointed. But to me, like my expectation is that my kids shouldn't melt down, but they are. For something like I think is ridiculous, but but they don't. It's very real to them that the best dinner is turkey burgers. And so it just like me being able to see that and see their manual and see my manual makes me not react to their crying in a in a like reaction sort of way. It makes me react more like an awareness sort of way of like, oh, you think that dinner should be turkey burgers. I can see how that would make you sad. Today we're having bison burgers. Instead of like, you shouldn't be crying, you shouldn't blah, blah, blah. You know, it's just kind of a more, again, more of an awareness tool to kind of see how we, why we think the way we think, why we act the way we act is because our subcon, like not frontal lobe, like our lower brain is constantly taking in all this information and matching it up to how we think things should be. Like we're literally computers just trying to compute, like, is this matching up? Is it, the earth's not shaking right now. The sun's going down. Yeah, this is all how it's supposed to be right now. And when it's not, that's when we get upset because our body's always just trying to like, is it safe? Is it good? Is it calm? Is it, right? It's just a computer trying to like always match up to how we have pre-programmed how we told it life should be. And that's like learning that concept of manuals and then being able to see like other people will get upset at you for whatever reason. I'm like, oh, well, I'm sorry. Your manual is that a female surgeon should always smile, always be polite, work two times as hard and never complain. That's a lovely manual that you have. It's not how humans work, right? And really just helps give space between like what other action, what others actions are and what your response can be to them. It's like, oh, you have a manual that 
your daughter should call you every single day. And she doesn't. Um, so yeah, it's just like, once you start paying attention to the whole manual thing, they'll realize like, we have them for everything. It sh it's spring and it shouldn't be freaking raining anymore. <laughs> but it is. So that's real. I can either fight with reality because mother nature didn't read my manual of like 68 degrees might be nice come the end of May. Um, or I can be like, oh, it's just me suffering because I'm fighting with the reality of what the weather is. Just makes it makes it all the more sillier that I'm complaining about something that literally nobody can control it. So I hope that concept of manuals can be helpful to you. I know it was profoundly helpful to me when I learned about it. Anybody else want to come on or ask questions? Give you a couple more minutes and then we'll let everybody go to bed. I hope you guys know you're doing amazing. Like just the awareness that you guys have and like your ability to see things and like process and become a better version of yourself. I think that's what it's all about. It's like, it's not to change who you are. Because if somebody told me like coaching is going to change who you are, even though I just said it changed my life, like it makes me the best version of me. And that's all we can ever hope for is to like learn and have personal growth and be the best version of us, be the best parent of us and be the best leader of us that we can be. And seeing how we interact with the world, having awareness of it, and then choosing to do differently in the future. It's a superpower. It, it truly will change the way your life is. So I'm so proud that you guys are here and on this journey with us. So I'll let you guys go for the evening. And Monday, midday, goofy time for some people, but 1 p.m. If you guys have questions for Allie Nowitzki when she's coming on and you can't make the the, the live because it's at 1 p.m. on a Monday. Um, either DM me on Facebook or email me, like if you have questions for her about anything, if you guys have followed her and know who she is and have questions about it. But if she's really into like fitness, personal training, mindfulness, healthy eating, kind of that whole part of lifestyle coaching. Awesome. Until Monday, I'll see you then.